Shalom, this is Abigail Rock. Welcome to TanakhStudy.com. Last class we ended off with Shimon remaining in Egypt while the rest of the nine brothers on their way back to Canaan in order to bring Binyamin back to Egypt so that Yosef can verify that indeed the brothers are not spies. Today we're going to be following the brothers on their journey back to Canaan from Egypt and their attempt to convince Yaakov to allow Binyamin to come down with them to Mitzrayim. So let's begin chapter 42, verse 26. They took their grain, their produce, on their donkeys and had left Egypt. Verse 27. One of the brothers had opened up his sack on the way when they were at their sleeping place, which is called Malon. Today in modern Hebrew, Malon is a hotel, but it's a, a biblical word, which is, comes from the word Lalun, a place where you sleep. So when they're uh, on their way, when they took a break on their way, he stopped to feed his donkey. And as he opens up his sack, he sees that in the bag of grain is the money that was meant to be given to the Egyptian officer for the food. Verse 28. So the brother who had found his money turned to his brothers and said, My money has been returned, and behold, it is here in my sack. And their heart failed them, and they turned trembling to one another, saying, What is this that God had done to us? So we, we can understand their fear. Yosef and Mitzrayim just accused them of being spies. Yosef and Mitzrayim accused them as those who are coming to reveal the secrets of the land. Here they've just been framed as thieves. And and they only found it in the sack of one of them. They don't even know that they're that they've all been framed as thieves. The other ones haven't found it yet. They're only going to find, the other brothers are only going to find their money once they get home. And they turn to one each other and they say, Mazot asai Elohim lanu. In the brothers' mind, it is clear, just as they were when they were thrown into the the Egyptian prison, which we said was called a bull, it was clear in their minds that that is somehow connected to them selling Yosef and some sort of punishment. And they said, We deserve this for what we have done to Yosef. Likewise, when they are being framed here. They're well aware that the significance of them being framed is they will be taken as slaves. As we know later on, when they're being framed for the Gavia of Yosef, when they're being framed for taking away Yosef's special cup, the punishment that is suggested there is that they all be slaves. Likewise here, that is the likely punishment. So in their minds, finding the money as connected somehow to the story of Yosef. And though it is the second in command of Egypt that is framing them, they have no doubt that this is a divine plan. God is communicating with them through his different messengers that he has so that they will pay for their offense. And perhaps uh, a better way to read this verse suggested by Baal, the author of the Perush Haktav HaKabbalah, 19th century, a very important co commentary on the Chumash written by Rabbi Yaakov Mecklenburg. Upon seeing the money, the brothers say, Mazot, and what is this? And they respond, Asa Elohim Lanu. What is this? And the answer is, this is the hand of God.
I just want to point out that though there's a recognition that they did something wrong, this is just the beginning of the process of tshuva. The first step of the process of tshuva is recognizing that you did something wrong. And that's what we've seen in the pit in Egypt when, when they say we are guilt, we, we deserve this punishment. And that's what we say here. But we still did not. Um, but that's not that's not where the. Um, where th that's not a complete tshuva yet. There's still a long way for the brothers to go, which we'll see as the story develops. Let's continue, verse 29. Vayavo el Yaakov avihem arzaknan. Vayagidu lo et kol hakorot otam lemor. They came home to their father Yaakov in Canaan, and they had told Yaakov of all their events that had happened to them. Verse 32 through verse 34, these five verses are the brothers repeating to Yaakov what had happened about the conversation that had happened between them and Yosef in Mitzrayim. As I read, I'd like to ask the listeners to try to pay attention to inaccuracies between what the brothers say happened to what actually happened. So this is already the third time in our studies that we are paying attention to this. We noticed this in the story of the wife of Potiphar, then we know that was repeated as it happened, and then when she repeats it, we also notice the differences in Paro's dream, how the narrator describes the dream, and how Paro describes his dream when he talks to Yosef. And here, we will find also interesting differences between the original story, how as it happened, and the way uh, the brothers are repeating the story to Yaakov. So I'd like to ask the listeners to pay attention to what has changed, what perhaps is added, and what is deleted in their in the brothers' version of the story. And of course, we'll try to read some conclusions regarding these changes. So I will begin reading from verse 30. <laughs> they tell Yaakov that the master of the land had spoken to us harshly and accused us as being spies. And we had told him, no, we are honest people. We are not spies. We are 12 sons. We are 12, the sons of one father. And the youngest one is Eneno, is gone. And our father is in the land of Canaan. And the master of the land had told us, with this I will know that indeed you are honest. Leave one of your brothers with me and take and take the food necessary for the starving people in your home. Take back with you and bring back to me your youngest brother. And so I will know that you are not spies, rather you are honest. I will be, give you, and when you come, I will give you back your, your brother that is here with me. And you will be able to freely purchase in the land. Uh, let's try to pay attention to some interesting differences that we have between the actual conversation and as uh, the brothers repeat the conversation to Yosef. Uh, the first difference in the original conversation, after Yosef had accused them being spies, clearly they can't hide the fact that they've been accused of spies. That's necessary for them to reveal to the father. Otherwise, they won't be able to bring back Binyamin with them. 
But what they don't tell them is that they've been arrested for three days. They leave that. They also don't say that Shimon is remaining under arrest. When, when Yosef takes Shimon, he tells them, Achichem echad yaser. One of the brothers is going to stay here under arrest. When they come back and tell Yaakov that one of them is uh, is missing they don't say he is has been arrested rather they say that Yosef, that the man of egypt said leave one of you with here so the impression that Yaakov perhaps gets shimon is just wandering around the palace and uh, on some nice vacation as opposed to uh, the threat of the egyptian prison in addition in the original conversation between the brothers and Yosef, Yosef had ended the conversation with bring your brother with me and I will verify your words tamutu, and you shall not die. It's uh, very obvious why the brothers would not want to mention any type of danger or threat. They do not quote the threat of Yosef and instead of the threat, they actually add a positive uh, tone to the to Yosef's words. They said that Yosef said, "Bring your brother, and you can come and shop in the land at Ta'aretz Tischaru." And one last difference: when the brothers tell Yosef, "We are not spies. We are twelve sons, and one of our and the youngest one is with our father today, and one is missing." Yosef responds to that in the original conversation by saying, he says, indeed, you prove my point. You are spies. By the life of power, will you get out of this? Now, will you get out of this really means, you will. by the life of power, you will not get out of this alive unless you bring your younger brother here. And uh, that, of course, they leave out in their conversation for the re reason that we said earlier. Brothers do not want to frighten Yaakov. The brothers do not want to mention and quote any of the words of, ya of Yosef that might suggest a threat to Binyamin's life. And therefore, they try to make the conversation less harsh than it actually was. They do have to uh, mention somewhat that it was somewhat harsh harsh otherwise he won't think it is necessary to send Binyamin so they need to say this is necessary he did speak to us harshly but they leave out all the threats in the conversation now let's continue verse 35.. As they're emptying out their sacks, and behold, each one of the brothers has his packet of money, and they saw it, and their father saw And their father saw this too, and they were afraid. And that's very significant that Yaakov had seen the money, because if the brothers had just now attempted to try to make this, this, the whole scene in Egypt not so threatening, make less of a big deal of this. Now, when the father uh, sees that their money, they, he realizes that you know they're going to be framed. And the father realizes that there's something here beyond that meets the eye. Why would the brothers have their money? The father sees. Why, why would that? Why would that happen? And that's when the father will realize that it's really not safe to send Binyamin down to this guy if he's trying to frame them. That's one possibility. Another possibility, which definitely crosses the mind, and as we read along, it will, will further uh, strengthen this idea. This is the second time the brothers are coming home without one of them. And each time they come home without one, they come back with money, which is very strange coincidence. They... Yosef was gone, and maybe Yaakov is aware that they had come back with some money. And now Shimon is gone, and they come back with money. 
Shimon is missing, the brothers come home with their money, and they come home with this crazy story about the guy in Egypt who wants the youngest one. And as it is, if you recall, we mentioned that Yaakov does suspect. We mentioned throughout the classes that there is some suspicion in Yaakov's mind that the brothers had something to do with the disappearance of Yosef. A suspicion which I said we will establish later on. In today's the class that we're going to establish that. This story here with the brothers opening up their sacks and Yaakov seeing the money there definitely adds to the suspicion of Yaakov. And if you weren't convinced that perhaps Yaakov suspects the sons, I think the following verse will uh, will help convince you. Verse 36. Vayomer alehem Yaakov avihem. Oti shikaltem. Yosef eneno. Vishimon eneno. Ved binyamin tikachu. Alai hayu chulana. You have caused me to be a bereaved father. Oti shikaltem. Ab shakul is a bereaved father. Yosef eneno. Yosef is gone. Shimon is gone. If you take binyamin, there's nothing worse that can happen to me. Everything that happened to me. That's the worst thing that can happen. Yaakov tells the brothers, You have caused me to become a bereaved father. This is the first time where Yaakov expresses in a very clear way that he suspects that the brothers had something to do with the disappearance of Yosef. Yosef eneno. Shimon eneno. The Yaakov suspects that the brothers had something to do with the disappearance of Shimon. Now it's interesting, he refers to himself as a bereaved father from both Yosef and Shimon. But Shimon, he's not, uh, he's not gone for good. He can easily get him back. But this, from his words in this verse, the reader already knows that Yaakov has absolutely no intention of sending Binyamin in order to bring back Shimon. As far as he's concerned, if Shimon is gone, so be it. So he already refers to himself as a bereaved father. If you take Binyamin, that would kill me. The two sons, Yosef and Binyamin, sons of my beloved wife, Alai Hayu Kulana. Verse 37. tamit im Reuven tells his father, you can kill my two sons if I don't bring him back to you. Give him to me, and I will make sure to bring him back. Uh, some of you might be familiar with uh, Rashi and says, what, what is this uh, ridiculous idea of Reuven to kill his own uh, his own two sons, and uh, Rashi says, uh, what, what a fool this Reuven is. is uh, are Reuven's sons, sons not my, my children? Ch grandchildren are like children. But I, I do want to explain why Reuven is suggesting Shnei Banai Tamit. Reuven feels guilty for what happened to Yosef. And Reuven feels he the only way he could pay for taking away his father's beloved son is by him losing two sons. We mentioned this when we talked about to you two of Yehuda's sons dying, and perhaps that's how he feels that he could make up for what he, he, they had done. So there is some rationale for Reuven suggesting that two, his two of his sons will die if he does not bring back Benjamin. But of course, Reuven can't be trusted. 
to bring back Binyam. One who offers to give up two of his children does not understand the value of a child and cannot be trusted with Binyamin. And therefore, Yaakov doesn't even respond. He just ignores it. There's no answer to Reuven's offer. Verse 38, all Yaakov says to everyone, not addressing Reuven personally, Vayomer lo yered b'ni imachem, ki achiv met vehu levado nishar, ukra'au ason baderech asher techuba, my son will not go with you, for his brother had died. And that's where we know that the interpretation of Eneno is met, because earlier it said Yosef Eneno, and now it says Achiv met. So Eneno probably means died. This is all I have left. And if anything tragic happens, you will cause me to die. Now hearing this from Yaakov uh, must be very painful for the brothers, because Yaakov is telling them, this is all I have left. This is all I have left. It's not easy for the brothers to hear that. It's also probably not easy for the brothers to hear that Yaakov clearly prefers Binyamin over Shimon, who could be possibly be rotting in prison for who knows how long. This is a very painful conversation. And the next chapter, chapter 43, verse 1, continues. So they came back maybe a few months ago. They've been back in Canaan for some time. They completed eating the food that they had brought from back from Egypt. And Yaakov turns to them and said, Go bring some a bit of food. Perhaps thinking maybe a bit of food will be okay. We really get the sense of hunger. He's not saying, I don't need an abundance. All I want is a little. Verse 3. Vayomer alav and Yudah said to Yaakov, The man had made it very clear to us, Do not see us with, if, without your brother. If you send our brother with us, we will go and bring you food. If you do not send him, we won't go. For the man had said, told us, do not see us without your brother. To which ya- Yaakov responds, Pasuk Vav, Vayomer Yisrael, Lama hareotim li lahagid laish haod lachem ach? Why did you have to cause me this harm by telling the man you had another son? To Yaakov, this whole story sounds very strange. Not only do they come back with their money, they come up with this story that the man had asked that they bring one of the that the man had asked to bring the youngest son back to Egypt with them. That's unheard of. Why would the man have asked such a thing? How does and then he can and that's why he asked. How did the man even know you had a brother? Why did you offer this information? To which the brothers at this point feel. Feel guilty for offering the information regarding the youngest brother, which indeed they had offered that information. Yosef did not ask them if they had a younger brother. That was information they had volunteered. Now when they're telling the story and they told Yaakov that the man accused us of being spies and we told them we're 12 sons and one is missing and one is with our father, suddenly they realized that that was information that they had volunteered and they want to try to cover up 
So now they try to cover up for their mistake of revealing that information and not protecting Binyamin, to which they respond in Pasuk Zayn. Vayomru, Sha'ol Sha'al Haish Lanu Ul Moladetenu, Lemor, Haodavichem Chai, Hayesh Lachem Ach, Vanagedlo Alpiadvarim Hele, Hayadoa Nedak Yomar Horidu Etachichem. And they answered Yaakov, The man had asked us, and regarding our homeland, and he asked us, Do we ha- Is our father still alive? Do you have a brother? And we answered the questions that he asked. Could we po- possibly have known that he would have told us, Bring your brother down? Which, of course, as we said, is not what happened. That's not how the way the story is described. But as he, they need to cover up for the mistake of, uh, reve- of revealing that they had had a brother. And now, Pasuk Chet, Vayomer Yehuda al-Yisrael aviv, Shilcha hanar iti, Venakuma venelecha, Venichyeh velonamut, Gam anachnu, gam ata, gam tapenu. Send the na'ar with me, and we will go, and we can, we will survive. Not just us, us, you, my fa- and uh, our children, we will not die of hunger. Pasuk Tet, Anochi e'erveno miyadi tevakshenu, Im lo haviotiv, I, I take responsibility. I give you my word. If I do not bring him back in front of you, if I do not bring him back here, I will be considered a sinner to you. Now notice the difference between what Yehud, Reuven offered and Yehuda offers. Or you know, maybe we should just read one more pasuk and then we'll we'll observe another pasuk or two. Verse ten: Kilulehit mahamanu kiatash shavnu zepamaim. Had we had we not been procrastinating here, we could have gone back and forth twice, which is a way of Yehuda saying, "We'll be back here so quick." Let's just go, and we'll come back really quick. Vayomer alehem Yisrael. And Yaakov, in the next pasuk, is about to allow the brothers to take Binyamin. And the question is, why does Yaakov accept Yehuda's offer and not uh, Reuven's offer? What does Yehuda have to offer that Reuven did not offer? So, for one, it's it's in the timing. Ramban points out it's all about the good timing. When Reuven suggested to be responsible and that his two sons will die, then... They still had food in the house. Yehuda's wisdom is that he waits until the father's hungry, the grandchildren are crying for food, until the it, it's it, it, it's a it's a more real need. So it's about the timing. Number two, what Yehuda offers, I will be considered a sinner. Right, that's what he he said. Yehuda says, "V'chatati l'chakol hayamim." What Yehuda is saying, if I don't, if I do not keep up to my word, if I do not return the child, my sin will always be out there. There is nothing more painful than the guilt, than living with the guilt of a sin. And the guilt of a sin is even worse than a sin for which you had to pay for. Living with the guilt of a sin. And Yudas says, I know I cannot possibly ever pay back. And thirdly, Ruven says, Shnei banai tamid. Two, two of my children will die if I do not keep my word and bring back Binyamin. Yehuda doesn't offer that. Why doesn't Yehuda offer that? Yehuda already lost two, ch- two children. Yaakov knows Yehuda can't be trusted. A father who lost two children knows the, understands the pain of losing a child. Whereas Reuven, who offers his two children, cannot possibly understand of the value of a child to a parent. And therefore, Yaakov 
will accept Yehuda's offer. And when the reader hears that word Erveno, it of course reminds us of the story of Yehuda and Tamar. When Tamar demands of Yehuda the Eravon, the collateral, that's where Yehuda first learns to take responsibility in the story of Yehuda and Tamar. And here he says, I am the one that will look out. I am willing to to take responsibility, to arise to the occasion. Anochi Erveno. Now verse eleven Vayomer Alehem Israel Avihem Im Ken Efo Zotasu Khumizimrata Outs Bihlechem Vehoridu La Ishmincha Mat Sori Umat Vash Nechot Valot Botnim Bushkedim Vekasef Mishnek Hu Viet Vietchem Vetakesef Amusha Befiam Tachotechem Tashivu Bietchem Ulai Mishkehu Vetachem Kahu Vekumu Shuvu El Haish so Yaakov, their father, says, that being the case, since there is no choice and you need to go, take of the fruit of the land and bring down to the, to the man in Egypt an offering, a little bit of balm, a little bit of, the, of, the, of, of special nuts of, of Israel. The word can mean one of two things. Zimra, according to Rashi, uh, based on the, on the Targum Unculus, take of the fruit that sing. It's from the word Zemer, which is to sing. Take of the fruit that sing the praises of the land. But the word uh, Zmora also means to cut, like Lotizmor. It is to cut down. Take of the cuttings of the land. And bring down an offering to the man. And we know that Yaakov, that's the way he uh, tries to appease people's offerings. It'd be interesting to compare this offering to the offering when he when he offers a sav in order to appease a sav. It's a huge difference here. We only have very, very little, a little bit of honey, a little bit of balm, a little bit of the uh, uh, wax, spice nuts and almonds the only all we have is very 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 little and these are things that are unique to Eretz Israel so they even though it's very very little the amounts are very small and it's a very insignificant gift nonetheless hopefully in, in Mitzrayim this will be considered a, a nice gift it is it's what we have and then he continues in verse 12 and take with you double amount of money. Kesef Mishnah is twice the amount of money. The money that you need to purchase food and the money that you are returning to the man. And then it, the verse ends, perhaps it is a mistake, which is, really means, halavai that it's a mishgeh. Halavai that it was just a, a mistake while everyone was transferring the money and the food, as because the alternative is that you were framed. So halavai that this was just a mistake. Vet achichem kachu v'kumu shuvu el ha'ish. So take the, take the food, take, your, take the money, take, you the, take your brother and return to the man. And then he ends, blessing. And may God give you mercy for this man, and so that he may release your other brother and Binyamin. And as for me, I'm already like a dead man as a bereaved father, for I had lost my child. Just a few important observations on this pasuk. Uh, first of all, we know Yaakov. Uh, not only does he, we know from his behavior with Esav, where he prepares an offering and prayer, 
Here, too, he prepared the offering, and here's the prayer. May God give you mercy before the man. It's also important to observe the way he refers to Shimon. May God send back your other brother. And I would want to read a, a line from the Ramban. We see here from here that Yaakov was not terribly fond of Shimon because of the story of Shem. And that's why he doesn't say, may God send back Shim, my son Shimon and Binyamin. And a good proof that he doesn't, uh, that, that there's a complicated relationship between Yaakov and Shimon is the fact that he was willing to leave him in prison in Egypt. He doesn't mention his name. And had they had food, he never would have sent Binyamin and Shimon would have just stayed there. And, and we end with that uh, very uh, sad tone of Yaakov. Kasher shakolti shakolti. And I am already a bereaved father. I look forward to continuing with you tomorrow the story, the continuation of the story of Yaakov's sons in Mitzrayim.